Have you ever wondered how to start up a small apparel or accessories company? This one is actually my first ever interview for the build cycle, but it was posted as a video only until now, so there's a pretty good chance you never saw it. The audio is a little tinny because we were recording from an event off of my camera with no external mic, so apologies in advance for the noise, but the story definitely makes up for it. Hand Up Gloves is a small brand out of Tennessee, but they have a huge following. They've accomplished growth, retail placement, and a big social media following by being actively engaged in their customers' online conversations and by making killer designs. They're some of my favorite cycling gloves, but regardless of whether you're into bikes or not, founder Cody Wallace has lessons for anyone looking to design their own small wearables. The podcast by Tyler Benedict that explores the startup stories and growth tactics of hundreds of entrepreneurs, plus his own tips and tricks learned over two decades of launching, running, and growing businesses, including BikeRumor.com, the world's largest and most popular cycling tech blog. If you're thinking of starting your own business, the Build Cycle will give you the tools and inspiration to do it right. Now, let's dive into this episode of The Build Cycle. I'm here with Cody Wallace of Hand Up Gloves, and we're going to talk about how he broke into the cycling industry. So, first thing is, what did you do before this? So, before this, um, I was actually pretty fresh out of college. Uh, in college, I worked at a print shop, vinyl print shop, did graphics on vehicles, actually race trucks for like the short course series and Baja, stuff like that. I also raced dirt bikes um, off-road professionally for a while. Um, kind of where the gloves came from, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I did that. Uh, got a job out of college, IT consultant, and did that for a while. And then just got into cycling and, and kind of saw an opportunity and just, just jumped on it, so. Right on, cool. Yeah, so this is the product. Hand up gloves. It's a pretty minimalist glove for mountain biking or cyclocross, whatever. What's interesting is some of the designs have kind of a piece together on the back, on the palm. So when you hold it up, it'll spell different things, and different gloves have different sayings on it, which is pretty cool. Um, really, then, like once you had the idea, what was the inspiration? What made you want to do this? Yeah, so I, like I said, I came from. Uh, racing motorcycles and I just wore a similar glove to this racing motorcycles and I mean you hold on to a motorcycle of 50 horsepower should be good enough to hold on to a bicycle and I uh, got into cyclocross borrowed a buddy's bike one season raced it loved it bought his bike bought bikes since then I uh, just kind of fell in love with cyclocross it's like the perfect hybrid from like uh, the intensity of racing motorcycles to like you know cardio and, and all the kind of exercise aspects of cycling. Um, I wore similar gloves um, when I when I ran out of all my dirt bike gloves. I just started looking at the market, the existing cycling market. Didn't really find anything I I liked, 
at the same time I saw socks were going crazy with designs um, you know every month it seemed like there's new sock new sock companies um, and I thought you know what gloves are just another accessory I had a specific thought in mind like you said minimalist no padding um, tacky on the fingers I thought it was cool like NFL players you put your hands together that was cool I thought that'd be cool bring the cycling industry so um, all those elements I just thought hey I could I think I could do this I had some contacts from racing dirt bikes that knew you know the the manufacturing side of stuff so I just worked with them and got some prototypes and just figured it out cool yeah I want to talk to you about the manufacturing side of it in a minute but uh, so like you had the idea right what what year did you actually decide this is what I'm gonna do yeah so 2014 early 2014 basically the end of the cyclocross season that year I think Austin Texas no Austin Texas was the next year anyway after cross nationals I just remember watching it on like Instagram or whatever and I just was like you know what I'm gonna do this it took 10 months it was an overnight thing it was like 10 months of like really figuring out how this could work you know building a savings so that like when the time came I could drop some money on it and be comfortable with trying to start a business um, and so 10 months of that early 2014 end of 2014 it was like November December we got our first product out and that, that was, was 2015 then 2000, first product out or 2014 end of 2014 okay so <laughs> right on. and then so you kind of mentioned savings and stuff what if you don't mind asking like what was the startup cost or where'd you get your startup capital yeah it's it was literally um savings account of you know talk with my wife just basically said like we're gonna or i want to do this i think it'll work if not like we're gonna have a lot of gloves we can basically <laughs> sell them and get our money back at least or maybe like you know lose a couple grand in the process um, but in this whole process like I've learned a lot uh, we've tried something maybe it fails all else fails like I have all this experience I could take with me to a bike company and say like look what I did or tried to do this is what I know can I work for you right. um, that was worst case scenario so I was like well it's probably not that bad um, it was about ten thousand dollars we just had got it in the bank literally everything in our savings right. and just started it with three colors three one design three colors got got enough gloves well had had to outsource manufacturing and you know we have some minimums to meet so that was the minimum so we did it how many units was that it was like 1500 pairs pairs Total. yeah <clears throat> right on um I love it. And, and so you mentioned earlier too, your wife had a job, right? So like you yeah. guys had some income. This was yeah the experiment on the side. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. I still had a job for a while, and uh, it was um, this was this was really like, hey, let's see if this will work, and if at most it will fund like our biking habit. <laughs> and at worst, we could just be like, oh, you know, I I have this experience now, and and you know, I like 
kind of shows initiative too. Like I got this experience because I was like willing to take a risk and like do this and I taught myself or found the people to teach me. So I figured all those traits, worst scenario, all those traits could land me a job that I would like absolutely love at a bike company or something. Right. So. Well, it hasn't come to that yet, right? It hasn't come to that yet. <laughs> so how long did it take you to sell through those first 1500 pair? Um, about six months. And so the thing was, is in my agreement with my wife, which I still haven't fulfilled, was <laughs> we'll get those 1500, we'll sell through them. You know, I'll put all the money back in our account and I'll take whatever's left and like, we'll further the company from there. And it's just been like a snowball effect where once that momentum started, like I just couldn't let it die. And so three months, three or four months later, I found myself placing another order for the same amount, but in a different design, actually similar design, um, the American ones here. It was a, th those ones and also the, the USA flag. Cancel on that. Sorry, <laughs> we have to turn that off before we started. And it was uh, uh, the USA ones, and you know, three, four months later, got those coming um, with the money we had just generated from the other selling, selling the others, and you know, just kept basically putting money back into it. Um, never really taking any out. I mean. You know, just and now, you know, we have employees, we have office, we Probably. so it's just growing, um, and really, it's just all on that momentum. And the, the people who wear them and love them, they buy like two, three, four pairs because we just try to keep more designs, like socks. You know, we want more designs. I mean, I already find myself like leaving them at home, and good thing I have another pair stashed in the van or like in my truck. So well, you got to match your outfit for yeah, the day too, yeah. right? You have different kits every year, different, um, you know, kits or clothing between like cyclocross and mountain biking. So try to make different colors and des designs for everything, so you can mix mix and match. And how's it going? Like, it sounds like it's growing. Yeah, it's growing. Um, right. It's it's going really well. Uh, and it's fun, you know, I, I mean, it's still like a learning process every day. I'm trying to find more and more people just to pick their brains and figure out what we're doing wrong or what we can do better and just try to push this machine machine along. And really, um, right now we're, we're in this like period of like really trying to figure out a way to give back to all of our um, customers or fan, like, I don't know what you call them. We don't really call them customers. It's just kind of like, people who support us basically like we want to keep giving them this product and like innovating and making like more designs and cool designs and like it's because of those people that were able to do it from those first six months when you sold through the 1500 the next six months how many did you sell Whew, that yeah, ballpark <laughs> yeah um, I mean, these American flag gloves were the next ones, and they went super fast. We actually like placed a whole nother order of those, just those. Um, next six months, probably sold two to three thousand, three thousand more pairs right. of pairs of gloves of American flag, a lot, and a lot of others. That's cool. That's awesome. So what? Well, like, where are they made? I'm curious. Yeah. So. These are these are manufactured in China, so there's a there's really like two big manufacturing places. 
big in the bike or in it, really any most industries and there's like Taiwan and China um, ours are made in China uh, of course we we did search and we still search for the US for like a US made product um, all the companies even we we search people to like work with from like construction gloves like just basic old leather construction gloves and a lot of those are now outsourced to China I think we found one place here in the States that does American made still um, but they do their own they're not, not open to like outsourcing so right so how did you find the supplier in China to make them for you so through just contacts contacts um, Moto Industry had a contact um, and just kept uh, you know had a few contacts actually and just kept going between a lot of internet Thank thankfully we have technology nowadays a lot of internet a lot of um, uh, yeah just late nights with different countries you know trying to break down barriers of language and you really learn how to communicate at the simplest level right. when you when you talk like cross um, language barriers because can't use you know slang terms that we're used to big or big words you just really have to boil it down to exactly like what you want in the simplest terms right do um, you have a manufacturer's rep over there or are you dealing directly with no the factory rep? now we have a manufacturer's rep over there um to be just because we have so much stuff going on like we have designs in the hopper all the time and they're just constantly being turned out and so we we're constantly like trying new materials and uh, you know trying new stuff trying to further this right well I mean there's a lot of things I like about your gloves we've and a couple of us have bike from our Friday we're all fans so like with that it's I know every time you add a layer margins get reduced and your gloves are not expensive so like when you added a manufacturer's rep to the or you know like yep. a rep between you and the factory did yep. that hurt you guys or did you already have like a lot of extra wiggle room built in when you came up with price you know it, it hurts us but at the at the same time it reduces a lot of time that we have to spend managing that or myself um, so time is money and it's just and headache frankly like it just reduces a lot of that um, and as we you know as volume continues to grow you get discounts like a custom order of kits or something you get you order more you get a little bit better price so right. what's um, the lead time when you order you know thousand of these how yeah. long does it take you to get them so our lead time is about 10 to 12 weeks okay. to get them so it's not too too bad no and we're really and I mean a thousand is you know pretty pretty small um, and that's that's about what what we can do in that lead time. Um, so we're trying to keep it small, keep the keep the the designs fresh and the industry kind of moving that way. I mean, socks do it. I think socks minimum is like 144, and their lead time's even quicker. So kind of hard to keep up with them, but trying our best as as a different piece of the the product, different piece of the, the attire to like keep up and match with those or, or kits or, or bikes or helmets. Like there's a lot of stuff people match gloves to. Right. So have you guys talked to like Defeat or somebody about maybe matching a pattern? 
Yeah, so um, a lot of talk with Defeat about that before. Um, we actually know the people uh, Defeat. They're out of North Carolina as well. So, um, But just recently we had a bundle package with uh, Swiftwick Socks out of Nashville. So right down the road from us in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they didn't make their own pattern. We didn't make our own pattern. Just so happened that we both have like a Tennessee theme design on one of our. We have a Tennessee theme flag. They have a uh, glove. They have a sock. And so we just collaborated, got some of their socks. They got some of our gloves and we sold them as a bundle. Reduced the price instead of like buying one of each. You know, you got two apart for um, a cheaper price and just something cool. But yeah, um, there is some like sizing aspects to figure out in there. I mean, people don't always have like XL hand, yeah, yeah, XL, XL. So there are some some things to work out there, but it's it went well, and we're definitely looking more into stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you said sizing to remind me. So like when you came up with the sizes, like is there just the manufacturer? Did they have stock hand forms, or did you guys have to figure out how to create sizing? Yeah, so they did have stock hand forms, and um, we and I had uh, my old motocross gloves. For some reason, I had larges and mediums and some smalls from different manufacturers, and for for some reason, I thought I was a large at one point, and so I wore a large. Maybe it's just that manufacturer, but. We um, narrowed in. My wife has a sewing machine. She's pretty close to being a seamstress. She can sew anything. Um, and we basically just ripped apart gloves and sewed them together and figured out like different aspects, things that I never thought of or should know about gloves or the hand or where material stretches and doesn't. And basically came up with our own. It was fairly close to um, there are some tweaks we did to the to the factory's design of sizing. But yeah, we we did all of our own sizing ourselves to uh, make sure the fit was what I thought would was good. Right. Cool. So when the, when you started that, you started picking apart the gloves. Like, how many different prototypes did you guys go through making yourselves? And then how much? How many times did you have to go back and forth with the manufacturer to get it dialed? Yeah. That's why it took 10 months. Um, uh, uh, we, we did a lot of prototypes. We had ourselves probably had three or four, but I want to say between factories and different factories, there's probably like 10 different prototypes. And there's still, I found a box in the office the other day that had a bunch of prototypes in there. And some of them are just like awful, like never, no one should ever see those, <laughs> but they're good. Maybe one day we'll we'll open the box and show people if it works out. But <laughs> cool. Uh, marketing methods. Yeah, you're here. We're at the USA Cycling National Championships in Hartford, Connecticut, for the 2017 ones. Yep. It's freezing outside. It's you guys are bundled up next to the space heater in your tent. <laughs> like people try them on, and like when I was there, just taking some pictures of the new ones, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, I mean, you sold probably 10 pair in yeah. like 10 minutes, which is awesome. But you know, so besides going around to different events and stuff, how are you getting the word out? Yeah, um, definitely the best way is people just trying them on. When people try them on, they realize the fit, they 
they're they and they just like them and so many times i hear like oh those are nice oh and they always say oh those fit like a glove like <laughs> pun intended um so it's that's the best way now that's the hardest way to scale because i need them everywhere all the time for people to try them on um outside of that we really just try to build a community of of people who like them um and you know that's why we have stuff on the palms too is early on i recognized like the way that we were going to sell these or you know it's one thing to make a product and it's another thing to like sell it or you know have people want to buy it and i i'm not by nature a salesman i don't go around and tell people how much better these are than anyone else's or anything it's all really personal preference but um i wanted people to feel like they became part of something when they bought the gloves and want to come back you know the fit's great i'm glad that people like the fit and they last and everyone's happy with that but it's really about being part of something um so that was one thing printing stuff on the palms people put them up on instagram i mean that was our that's our number one marketing thing too is like people see that no one else has that and people start asking questions you know where are your gloves from where is this and we get tagged all the time of people you know saying or listing us like explaining to their friends who the gloves are made by which is great um so that was basically a, a key thing did you think that would happen ahead of time? Was that intentional, getting it to um, people to share and making it cool, or was it just like, ah, that might be kind of cool? <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's intentional. I think maybe a part of me thought, hoped it would happen, but it wasn't like I wasn't banking on it. I was, I was just trying to make a good glove, um, and then as that became the thing that spread the word to everybody, then it was like. All right, this is what we need to do. So cool. Right on. So then, long-term planning, like, or long-term growth prospects. This is one of the new ones, right? Yep. So the new ones that you guys just launched recently are kind of a, a quote-unquote winter version. It's got a fleece lining on the tops, kind of a double-layer thumb and, and full uh, terry, whereas the other ones have a little bit of a leather grip because we all know in the winter we need to wipe our nose constantly. Double. Yeah. So you know, like, growth would be. Maybe a little bit of product, like line extensions. Um, what else? Like, what are the kind of like the next twelve months long term, and then where do you see this thing in five years? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just did last year. Everyone was talking about winter glove. We did have some prototypes, but I we I wasn't happy with them, so we didn't go through with it. Uh, this year, we we finally got on top of it. Like you said, we got that thermal top kind of wind resistance, but really we still wanted to make the glove have the dexterity like all of our other gloves. We didn't want you to feel like you were fumbling around with le levers or like trying to find your brakes in your gloves. So try to keep it very minimalist again while offering that wind and kind of like weather uh, resistance on the top layer where a lot of it comes from anyway. Um, that's that's this year. Next year, we're looking in, into uh, some other things as far as gloves go, other niche um, glove needs for certain, I guess, like races or um, certain aspects of like, you know, we got cyclocross, uh, you got 
different forms of mountain biking from cross country to enduro to downhill. So trying to get more into those with some unique gloves. Um, we're also looking at some other cool stuff uh, as far as like expanding outside of gloves and going to other things. So those are kind of just starting now so don't want to mention anything because they may never come to fruition but we are um, expanding into outside of gloves. Um, but really like we just want to do gloves really well. I mean that's what we are. We're hand up gloves so we just want to keep doing gloves really well. Um, we have a lot of other ideas of how to you know expand into the uh, these other like niche mountain biking sports or niche I guess subcultures of mountain biking um, and then outside of that we also once a month in our hometown of Chattanooga we throw free events we did like an enduro at a local uh, race or a local trail system the other night it was a ugly Christmas sweater enduro so everyone wore ugly sweaters and so um, you know people come a lot of people wear hand up gloves to those events, some people don't. Doesn't matter. Like, uh, you know, we're just trying to build that community of people who ride bikes, just come ride bikes with us and have fun. So, looking into throwing some more bigger events as well. Right on. Uh, so, a couple more questions about like, well, not so much growth, but sort of like when you decide to launch something. So, for this, you know, there was a need because like cyclocross is kind of what I think inspired the line originally, but obviously cyclocross is done in the winter, it's cold, and your, your original gloves were pretty thin. And so this is a great thing, but like, how do you say, okay, you know, I, I would need this, but like, here's what our sales are. Did you do a lot of like, okay, uh, you know, we're gonna take this much revenue, or is it just like, we need this, we're gonna do it? Yeah. <laughs> figure it out later. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Just like how we started it, you know, here's our money, like, we think this needs to happen we're just gonna throw it on the table and try our best to make it happen um, I think a lot of people underestimate the value of hard work and hustle and they overanalyze a lot of stuff and try to you know maybe maybe uh, deter figure out like why it shouldn't work or find out the points that will fail but we just say like you know we need a cycle crop we need a more Colder weather version cycle cross glove. Um, revenue that doesn't matter. We'll figure that out on the back end. We're just gonna make it, and we're gonna hopefully make it right. All right. So. Well, I, I mean, I think you kind of proved proved the concept with these, and it's uh, supposed a fairly low risk venture at that point. I mean, the downside is you have some gloves sitting out for a couple <laughs> years. You got to sell, but it's I think they'll do well for you for sure. Thanks. The sales side of it, do you guys only sell direct? Do you sell into shops? Do you go through a distributor? Yep, so we do have, we have multiple ways of selling. So we we do a lot of online stuff direct on our website. Um, really Which is handupgloves.com. Hand okay. Yep, really easy. Um, check out process everything. We also sell directly to dealers and have distributors in other countries as well as different parts of the United States. So we're out of the Southeast Tennessee area. We do really well dealing with our dealers there. We have all of our inventory in-house. 
um, but there's some regions northwest, you know, completely across the country from us. It should be a different country almost. Um, so we have uh, some distrib a distributor there and in the southwest that handle those territories. Um, they have all the relationships with the bike shops. Um, so they get they get a bulk of the gloves, they get to distribute them. Um, How did you find these guys? From like, like a trade show like Interbike or just cold calling distributors? No, they, they just came to us. That's awesome. So That's we, the best way. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we uh, yeah, we've, we've been really lucky and like haven't had to really seek out stuff like that. I mean, I, you know, I, my focus is just the end consumer. I just want, I want, I want to know every single person who's our end consumer. I want to, you know, and a lot of, a lot of you guys out there who buy our gloves, I probably know you by your Instagram name. If you come introduce yourself as John or Joe at, at a, an event, probably won't know that, but if you said your Instagram name, I'd know exactly who you are. Distributors, bike shops have a huge part in that too, like without them or without distributors, we don't get into a lot of bike shops. Without bike shops, a lot of people don't know, even know about us or have the chance to try them on unless they order on our website, If unless they take that chance and spend that $26 right. to order them on our website. So um, as far as other dealers though, a lot of dealers contact us directly um, and we do have an easy process for them online too. Just check out page, have, have their own little little section they check out boom they get their glove shipped home in two to three days so sweet and then is it uh you know they're getting wholesale pricing because yep. they're reselling it so they have to order like five at a time ten at a time like are there yep there there are some for them? there are some minimums um we're pretty loose with that we you know if you're a cool shop and we like you and kind of bend the rules and let you do whatever but we do, we do like shops or prefer shops that are committed to the brand. We're, we're a company just like a bike shop. And so like, you know, if, you, if we want you to be as invested in us as we will try to be invested in you. All right, at that point, my camera cut off. So we decided to take a little break and we're gonna pick this up the next day where we're gonna talk about marketing and some logistics and a couple other little hurdles that people tend to get obsessed with and it just kind of creates this paralysis and so we're going to talk about why you should just go for it and figure the rest out along the way you mentioned a lot of instagram stuff you follow a lot of people on instagram but how are you guys using social media what else are you doing to market besides being at the events yeah so as you know we come out to the events um but that's not scalable um you have to have physical people here. It's not as scalable as social media. Social media allows us to be everywhere all the time. Um, and so we do We do a lot of Instagram. That's probably our biggest focus. We also do f use Facebook and Twitter. Um, but really, that's where the people's attention is all the time. I mean, you just look up CX Nats, hashtag CX, CX Nats today and you already have like a thousand posts just from this week it's like people instagram's the easiest way to share stuff so that's what we focus our time on how do you measure that and you return on that yeah so that's interesting because you can't um directly see traffic from instagram um i think just recently they started being able to i could or we can see you know where um that traffic is coming from instagram but up until about six months ago you couldn't see that and um, you couldn't 
analytically measure it, but I just knew that that's what was working. Right. Um, and I mean, we follow people, we follow a lot of people, and I think there's this weird, like, unspoken rule of, like, you have to have all these followers, like 10,000 followers or more, whatever, but then you you should only be following, like, 100 people, and that, that like, indicates that you're cool or you're successful, I guess, but really, like, we follow a lot of people. We, we follow, we, every order that comes in, we try to go find that person on Instagram. We want to figure out, you know, what they're doing in their life, you know, what we could be better at. Maybe we, there's like another product we need to offer. Right. So we're, we're constantly researching and using social media to research designs, people, um, just ideas, instead of just using it as a, a you know, pushing out content as marketing. Right. So. All right, so I got three more questions about that. Uh, I'll rapid fire them. You can answer them yep. how you want. Are you doing any paid ads on social media, or is it all just kind of using the social aspect of social media? Yep. And I'm forgetting the third now, but the second is you mentioned in another conversation that you just hired somebody a little while ago that that's their job is yep. social media, really, and marketing for you guys. Yep. And so my question on that is, like, how is how are you tracking the justification for their salary and what they're doing. And yeah. I'll think of the third one later. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we do do paid stuff through Facebook, Twitter. Um, Instagram's a part of Facebook. So we do do paid as well. Um, and as far as, yeah, the best, I think the best investment, besides, you know, ordering more gloves, is <laughs> was hiring somebody who helped with the the... Mar just marketing in general, like from paid to organic to the PR, social media stuff. Um, and I've, I haven't really measured the return on investment from that salary, but I know that that's the most important piece to this puzzle. And so someone, I needed someone's full attention on it at all times. And so... You know, he comes in the office, maybe we'll slack out of eight hour days during the week, do like a six, eight hour or six to seven hour day, but he's on through the weekends, 24 seven. So it's just this like organic, weird job that isn't a nine to five, but he, he kind of has to be in there in the office so that we can like communicate and, and pass ideas around. Right. Um, but he, he's on social media all the time <laughs> and um yeah I, don't, I i haven't measured the return on investment in that but i just know like i i know we had a lot of orders that generated from instagram in the beginning i know that like just when you when you like watch it every single day you just know that like something's good and you can't it's kind of a gut feel yeah 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 it's it's tough man it's, it's tough to especially like if you're bringing somebody in like that and you don't fully understand that realm, yeah, <laughs> like you kind of try and get them to explain what they're doing or understand what they're doing and then measure it. But yeah, yeah, it is. Like, um, you know, I mean, if you're growing, you're growing. Yeah, you know? but yeah, we keep growing, so that's something's working. So just keep keep doing the same of what's working and try little experiments here and there and figure out if we can grow differently. Right. Cool. And then with the paid stuff, do you guys when you do a paid push on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, do you what are you trying to get out of that? Like a bump in likes and fans and followers, or are you trying to get that to translate directly into sales? 
Um, it's a, it's both. I mean, when we do paid stuff, we look at paid stuff as like quantity, um, and then all of our organic stuff is quality. So really, what we're trying to do with the paid stuff is just reach people that haven't heard of us before, or um, and that's easy to do through those tools because you can hone in on different states and different interests of people. And so when we do paid stuff, it's purely to grab the attention of people who might not know about us yet. Right and then once we get them in, oh, and so there's a quantity aspect of it. And then the quality is just producing <clears throat> good content and constantly like caring about our customers. And so hopefully, you know, these, these people come into our little ecosystem and become a fan or a customer and we can show, give them value back in ways of like, you know, helping them build their, their following if that's what they're interested in or, you know, just get letting, you know, if they buy a set of gloves, hopefully they're happy with that. So You're just entertaining them. I feel yeah. like a lot of it's entertainment. You know, you provide something of value and in your case it's cool, pretty pictures, right? Which yeah. is what Instagram's all about, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I remembered my third one. Yeah. It's, uh, and now it's escaping me. Damn it. <laughs> um, oh, the, the design of the gloves with the, the thing like this, when you came up with that, was that intentional or you think, ah, oh, you know what, this is, people are going to photograph this, <laughs> this is going to blow up or was it just like, ah, it's kind of cool. Let's, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, in the back of my mind, that was always a piece of the, um, piece of the puzzle as far as marketing. I knew that we could make a great glove, we could make a cool design, but you know, it's it's short of people coming to events, which is, events are probably the best marketing because people can come put their hand in the glove and instantly they're like, oh, this fits great. So short of that, I knew there had to be something that needed to be viral, if you will. I mean, it's not like a big hit, but needed to be something different that stood out. And so that's where it came from. Um, I like football as well, and I just thought, man, that's, that's cool, you know, receivers do that on their gloves. All the bigger apparel companies, sporting apparel companies, did it with their gloves, so I thought we could bring that to the cycling world too. And uh, adds a little bit of functionality with the like grip of right. the tackiness, but yeah, thought, Let's kill two birds with one stone here, and or three, and like get some marketing out of it too. Yeah, that's cool. Right on. All right, so let's move on to the logistics. So you, you do this Instagram, you get people to check it out, they order. What what's the back end system like? Yeah, and did, are you guys still using the same system as when you started? Like, yeah. what's the shopping cart and shipping <clears throat> setup like? Yeah. So when we started, um, you know, first year. I say it was just the trial year. Um, we started in Squarespace just because that was the easiest thing we could throw together. And um, we, st we still are in Squarespace, but since then we've upped the offerings and, you know, made pay for the more robust stuff. Um, uh, there There is getting to a point where we need more functionality, so we're going to be exploring that, how to how to make that better, but yeah, start in Squarespace, still there. Um, and they have a shopping cart built in. And they have, yep, they have shopping carts built in. It's really easy. Um, I can even navigate the back end, which <laughs> I like because then I know what's going on. Um, and then as far as shipping and stuff, uh, you know, that was 
that was a bit of, you know, had to figure it out, stumbled along, figured it out as we went. Um, but yeah, so the order comes in, you know, we have all this, this data, we kind of export it to another system and that prints out our labels and then, uh, you know, slap that on the package and get it out. And we have a, a big thing. We try every order that comes in before about like two or three, we try to get it out by five that same day. So the next morning it's like in the mail to the customer because a lot of people do shopping online now and you know, it kind of sucks when you buy something and it doesn't show up for five days. I mean, in a small product like this, it's easy just to like package it up, throw it in the mail. You have it two to three days, which we, I think is part of our value too. Right. Cool. Everybody expects it now, now, now. Yeah. Or they wait till the last minute when yeah. they forget they needed something. Right on. Uh, and then the business side of it, you, when you first started, was it just boxes lined in the hallway of your house and shipped <laughs> yes. out? And yes. Then, but you've got an office now, right? Yeah. Yeah. What so was the, how long before you move out of, moved it out of your house to a, a real workspace? It was like a year. Right. Yeah. And it was um, a year of taking over a spare bedroom <laughs> and like people, you know, interns. Um, so... The, the guy I actually hired for marketing, he came over, he was just finishing college too, so but he came over and helped me a lot. He also worked at a bike shop, so he knew the industry, he knows the industry. Um, so, I mean, and but bike shop people just, when they're slow, they sit around and look at Instagram all the time. Right. So he knew it, um, but yeah, it filled up a whole spare bedroom, a corner at first, spread, he had a desk and now got it moved over to an office um ha actually have like space to to put like warehouse some gloves um so yeah it's a it's grown into this kind of machine now yeah cool so then uh, i'm curious to intern was what was the degree he got is it it was in marketing focused on this? yeah okay. it's focused on marketing so he knows the uh you know he knows the generals about marketing but uh you know I think the schooling system just behind the times in general with everything. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that like I, and I'm not a marketing guy, but I said, Hey, I think this works. This is what I've been doing, you know? And then with his input, we've like made it better. And right. so it's really good now. I, I think it's really good. It seems to be working. So yeah. how'd you find the intern in the first place? Uh, he's worked at the bike shop I went to oh, okay. and just, <laughs> Got to know him, found out he's a marketing guy, asked him for some help or just advice and, you know, wanted to pick his brain about like what college was teaching him. And, you know, he had some good general marketing stuff and then kind of translated that into like, well, here's what like I'm trying to do and, you know, here's what I think is working. And yeah, he just kind of hopped on board and helped out. And when he graduated, I was like, come work for me. Cool. So. Yeah. And the last thing, because uh, we talked about this in a separate conversation when we first discussed some logistics and the, the back end <laughs> website and all this about, uh, you know, like you kind of figured it out on the fly, right? Yeah. And that seems to be an important thing, but I was hoping you could kind of reiterate what you said about just not getting bogged down in the details. Yeah. And I have a couple other friends um, that are starting, starting products or making products in the outdoor industry now um, kind of doing their own thing but they call me <clears throat> once in a while and they ask me you know off the wall questions that I, I personally don't think 
you know, I mean, it's it's always in the back of your head, and it was in the back of my head at that time too. So I guess it's a it's a good question, but it's you know the logistics, like they they want to know you know how the shipping happens, and and really like it is scary because you don't know and like what's going to happen if you get your first order and then like you don't know how to ship it to somebody i mean my thought was worst case scenario i'll just go down to the post office <laughs> and sit with a guy and figure it out then um i was able to like find a system and get everything you know get everything like shipped out the first time but really you know they're starting they're starting their own little product or company and they're focused on like the logistics and I and you know kind of almost making excuses of why they shouldn't do their company because like they don't know the logistics of it yet and I mean there's a lot of stuff that that I that we still stumble through as it's like the first time through it but you just can't you got to focus on just like your product and making a sell and making the best product that you can and then just you know figure that stuff out later um, Another thing is like they're really focused on what's the best, like what's the best or the cheapest shipping or this or that. And you know, I just tell them like you're gonna leave money on the table. Like first time you're gonna pay probably twice what you should for shipping, but over time you like figure it out. Your you know your costs come down. You can like work with a direct carrier, but you know at the start you shouldn't be focused on making those relationships unless you are plan on doing just like bulk shipments right out the door right. so yeah the important thing is just get going just, right build some momentum figure it out as you go yeah just get yeah. going cool so. right on well i appreciate your time and yeah high five thanks All right. what i like about cody's story is that he just went for it the numbers made sense, and worst case was they'd have some inventory sitting around the living room for a while as they sold through it. But as often happens, if you're designing something that scratches your own itch and it looks cool, chances are pretty good you can find a few thousand other folks willing to part with 20 bucks or so. If that's enough to create a business for you, even if it's just a side hustle, that's a lot of extra income that buys you a lot of freedom. This episode will have a simple follow-up post on the Build Cycle blog with a link back to the original video for those wanting to take a deeper dive. Before you go, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of our subscribers that have helped us get an amazing four and a half star rating on iTunes. I'm so glad you like the podcast. If you have a company or founder you'd like me to interview, message me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at The Build Cycle on all three. Here's hoping this episode was just the hand up you needed to get going. Until next time, keep building.